Welcome back to DSR. We've been away for a little while, but we're going to come back with a storm. This is Angel Donovan, and this show is about dating, sex, relationships. It's about improving yourself, becoming a better man, and thus enhancing your dating, sex, and relationships, making them more worthwhile. Before we get into the show, a quick thing to check out, especially if you are new to us and you haven't done already, go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash get top 13. That's get top 13. And you can download there an audio interview between a top editor at Dating Skills Review, Jackson Hunter, and myself. We riff, we both got around 15 years plus experience in this, and we riff and talk about all of the best bits of advice that have come out over time and the, and the top experts and so on. So you'll basically get up to date on our 15 years of knowledge of what went before. Now, a quick thank you for some of the iTunes reviews you've been sending in. Here is one that I really liked. It's from Zonk117 from the United States. He says, no more overload. Dating skills review saved me from being lost in the pickup and dating community. I was learning way too much, but Angel and his team really clarified things for me and my direction. I really wish someone would have told me about DSR from the beginning. Love the interviews, by the way, but I love the website even more. I'd love to see more in-depth interviews with all of the top 13 product producers of all time from the website. They already have most of them, but it would be cool to take it even further on here. Maybe have people send in feedback and questions for Angel and the interview. So it's, he's actually referring to the download I was just talking about. How about that? Thanks so much for the review, Zonk. I really appreciate this kind of feedback. And for, you, for those of you out there who listen to me all the time and haven't posted yet, please, please give it a try because it really helps us out to get the word out more. Okay, so today's show, practical steps to becoming a stronger and more confident man. We often hear advice in this area that we know is important to dating, sex, and relationships. But the advice is often too abstract. This is something I've been fighting for around 10 years now. It's too abstract to actually use it. So even suggestions like follow your passion, develop your masculinity, and so on, are not easy to implement. They're abstract. They're intangible. We don't have the step-by-step how to do this in our lives. So today we're going to jump into a variety of practical tips on how to actually do this. How to become a stronger and more confident man. Today's guest is Andrew Ferraby. He's from the Knowledge for Men podcast. I know a lot of you guys also subscribe to the Knowledge for Men podcast, as you do here. So you probably already know him, most of you. If not, go check it out because he's got a lot of decent interviews. I know one very cool interview that I've listened to and I thought was amazing. He got the uh, Wolf from Wall Street, the real one not Leonardo DiCaprio from the film, Jordan Belfort onto his show to talk about the things he's learned in his life about success and so on. And that's a, that's a pretty cool interview right there. Jordan Belfort has some amazing experiences. So go check that one out, if nothing else. Andrew also has a bunch of books out. He has The Dating Playbook for Men. This book has over 100 positive reviews on Amazon, and it's often near the top of the dating category. And this is the one I read before this interview, in fact. And you'll notice that some pretty cool highlights in this interview from that book. Uh, There's also a couple of other books we didn't discuss. There is The Breakup Manual for Men and The Porn Pandemic. Those are two other books from Andrew. So he's a little bit prolific. He writes a lot. He puts out a lot of interview content. He definitely works hard and plays hard, right? So he's setting a good example too. If you want the 
details of this interview in an easy done-for-you format. The links to everything we mention on the show, the transcript so you can read it or just follow along, and more about today's guest. You can go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash newsletter and pop your email in there and you'll get those notes every time a show comes out. Now let's get into this interview. I'm Angel Donovan, and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex, and relationships, to become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned, chase down every expert, role model, and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information so that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step by step, episode by episode. Andrew, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, how's it going, Angel? Glad to be here. Great. To start with, I just want to kick off and let people get to know you a little bit. Why did knowledge for men come about? Was it kind of some kind of event which kind of spurred you to tackle that? And was it related at all to your dating life? I mean, obviously, that's what we're more interested here on the show. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I started getting into the whole dating thing probably about eight years ago. And that was what introduced me to personal development was it was just dating advice, obviously, David D'Angelo stuff. And uh, that's just kind of what put me down the path of personal development. From then, I started discovering about Anthony Robbins and Jack Canfield, started getting into those books, success books, entrepreneur books. And found myself in a position after college where I hated my job. I was managing a major retailer here in San Diego, California, and probably about 80 employees. It was a corporate job. Just It was just not what I wanted. And then I just fell back on, man, you've read all of these books on success, on entrepreneurship, on real estate, on investing, and you're not applying any of it. And so that was when it started hitting me. And I'm like, man, like you are just completely living inauthentically here. You're reading all these books, yet you're not taking any action. And you have this complete job that you read all these books to avoid getting. And somehow I found myself in that position. There was a breakup that happened. And then there was me quitting the job and just saying, you know what, I'm going to start this blog. I'm going to start writing and see what happens from here. And so I just started writing about personal development and my experiences post-college and in the corporate life and having quit and having gone through a serious breakup. And the blog has since gotten, it's just been two years. And uh, the blog has, I started writing articles, I was getting hundreds of thousands of views. And since uh, started a podcast called the Knowledge for Men podcast, which gets over 80,000 downloads a month. And we talk about personal development. Dating, of course, was uh, kind of the cornerstone of the whole thing when it first started. Yeah, excellent. So it sounded like you weren't applying information, which is a common issue we come across does that apply for the dating area as well? Or were you applying some of that and not so much the other stuff? How did it run down? Yeah, it's kind of like, where are you the most painful? And, and that's probably where you're neglecting. <laughs> it's probably the area that you need to be taking the most action on. For me, I, I was completely living out of alignment with I wanted to be this entrepreneur. I was reading all the books and I just wasn't I wasn't there. Like I, I was in this corporate job and for the longest time after coming out of that and being single and going back into dating, uh, it's like the same thing happened again. It's like you're consuming so much content. It's like we are addicted to content. And, and it's crazy because 
the content online, it's better and better and better. And the headlines are better. The content is better. <laughs> Things that you used the copy to, is better. The copy is way better. The copy, guys, is just is the text and the way it's written to just keep you engaged. And guys, like nowadays, stuff that is free was stuff that guys were selling for hundreds of dollars several years ago. Some of the best content is free on YouTube, on blogs. And some of the guys put out their best stuff for free. Or you can just buy it in a book. And it becomes addicting because it's like, oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. And you feel like you're just growing and growing. And like as you read it, you're like, oh my gosh, major epiphanies left and right, but not getting results. That's all that matters. You got to learn, of course. But there comes a point when you've got to put down the book, you've got to turn off the computer, and you've got to get out in the real world and stop getting addicted to content and start producing results. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually where Dating Skills Review started telling people that it was an information overload world and we wanted to reduce all of that. And then we go out putting all these podcasts, which doesn't help. No, I'm just <laughs> so yeah. give us a bit of context about your life right now in terms of your age, relationships, or your, just your dating lifestyle. What is it like today and how do you feel about it? Sure. Yeah. So 27 turning 28 in about two months coming around here. And Living here on the beach in San Diego, California, um, was previously when I first started. You know, I was living in my mom's little little basement room and uh, just broke, making five hundred dollars a month. Uh, now running a six figure online business, uh, helping men grow and become the most powerful versions of themselves, and just helping them in, in different aspects of their lives. And dating multiple girls right now. I'm in like the best shape of my life right now. I try and be exactly like what I preach. I'm constantly like, if I say like, I'm doing this, like, Oh, guys, find your purpose. Like I'm working on that actively in my life. Like I believe I've found something. And I work on that every day. When I say like, guys, this is what I do with dating. Uh, recently just came out with a book, the dating playbook for men. And uh, I do everything in there is, is what I do. Everything in there is what I do all the time. It is me. And it's how I've been able to success with women working on your dating life has uh, been the cornerstone of knowledge for men. It's where it started. It was my pain point when I first started. And that was where I was consuming all these books and all these courses. It's impacted all aspects of my life. Like I said, like I'm a six-figure online business. I am an entrepreneur now living. I'm traveling the country constantly at the airport, moving around, just enjoying life. And when you travel, having the ability to go out on your own meet new women, and date new women when you're in a new, completely new town all by yourself. I think that is almost like a true testament of, of a man's skills with, with dating or so. If he can just travel somewhere new and he's perfectly okay, doesn't need to have friends, doesn't need to have alcohol or drugs, and can completely just go out, have an awesome time, meet women, take home women, start dating new women in a completely new town. Yeah, excellent. It really speaks about freedom there, like freedom to choose and living a life of adventure. I think that's one of the things that's missing from men's lives a little bit is like adventure. You're talking about your retail manager and it sounded like you've kind of got into a routine there. Whereas the stuff you've been talking about just a second ago sounds like, yeah, you've opened yourself up to adventure and it's really living in the moment. So I dug into your book. Yeah, I dug into it. So I want to talk about it. I think it's a good angle for us. We haven't really connected the strong men's development. Obviously, your show is a very kind of like strong self-development angle to it compared to what we do here. I focus on that more than some of the aspects that we may have covered in other shows because it's a bit more unique for you. So one of the quotes I pulled out here is, um, you are not a strong, confident man 
You are a boy inside an adult body. What does this mean for you? Well, it's a guy who's grown up yet hasn't taken responsibility for his life. It's like his level of personal development did not grow as he grew in age. So some men are operating on the same level as when they were in high school or as when they were in college, yet they're in their late 20s, they're in their late 30s, they're in their 40s, and so on. That's pretty much what that means. He didn't grow, and he's still a boy inside. Deep down inside, he is still a boy. What kind of things would that mean? If we could talk about the kinds of ideas or feelings, what governs his daily life that would be a practical example of that? Fear runs his life. It's like something's missing. It's like he's hiding inside himself. For a man who doesn't have this problem, he's like, all right, you know, let's go on to the next topic. But for someone who feels this, someone who is like, that's me, he's connecting to this right now. It's a guy who's grown up physically, yet hasn't grown up emotionally. And he's still holding on to things from the past that are running his life. Ultimately, it's fear. Yeah. And I guess to explain this to guys more, like guys think about anxiety when they're going up talking to a girl or maybe they're, they've got anxiety because they're not getting a text back from a girl. A lot of those things, I think some guys don't associate Fears can be a little bit of an abstract world sometimes. So in terms of the ongoing feelings, it can be a lot of things, right? How would you describe it? If you're talking about approach anxiety, I believe that no one really gets rid of that. I I still have it. Like I approach girls all the time and I still have the fear, but I still walk into the fear. I still I'm courageous and I walk into the fear, acknowledging that there's fear and able to turn that fear into excitement. So that's all an approach anxiety. An example of this could be if we're going to use it just in, in like a worldly context, a guy who, who hasn't taken responsibility for his life and someone who is letting others dictate his life and what he's going to do. That's a good example because often it's fear that holds us back from leading, which it sounds like you're referring to there. Basically the fear of rejection. So whenever you're thinking they're, they're not going to go with the flow, if I take the lead on that, she's not going to go with the flow if I take the lead on that. Yes. Great. So another area I wanted to dig into was purpose, because you talk about it, this a bit. And obviously, I mean, it's something that's become a bit of a trend these days, right? You have to have your purpose as a man, even in the business world, where like, you have to have your purpose, and that's going to make you a great entrepreneur. How would you, you explain it from your perspective? Finding your purpose as a man, why is it important to be attractive, to be attractive to women? So from a dating standpoint, what it does is it removes that neediness, it removes clinginess. It removes jealousy. A man with a purpose, he's not trying to attach on to others because he already has his thing. He's on a mission moving forward in life and it's his path that he's taking. And he's not letting external things run his life. He's not seeking external validation from others because he already has it. If man removed the neediness of needing the girl, of, of needing this woman, the clinginess of once he has her, he's always around her, always texting, always calling her, trying to be with her, and the jealousy of when they're not together, and yet he still feels this pain, this suffering when, when they're not together, and that if she's with someone else, or what is she doing? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it's like running his life. Instead, it's like, no, he has his own purpose. Like He has 
his own thing that he's moving towards. And it doesn't have to be this grand, like purpose, holy, like he's going to like save all of this country. Like it doesn't have to be this grand thing. I mean, your purpose is yours. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to build a billion dollar company. I'm going to save Africa. (laughs) It doesn't have to be this grand thing. It's whatever it is to you. It speaks to you. But having something that you're committed to removes the neediness. It removes the clinginess and and that whole jealousy aspect. And those are three things. Those are three killers of attraction for women and men. Great. I mean, it sounds like it's the number one priority in your life. You could also talk about it like that. It's the thing you think about the most. Absolutely. It's your thing. It's the thing that you just lose track of time when you're doing it. You love this thing. Yeah. And I think guys could relate to it. Like, say you're out with a girl and when you're being really needy, then you're constantly thinking about what she's thinking about, concerned about what she's thinking about. Whereas when you have a purpose, you may well get distracted by that. Like you'll get a thought about your business or whatever it is that is really important to you in your life while you're out with the girl. And that would actually be a more normal situation. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's like she's not on the pedestal. It's your mission is on the pedestal. And that's what you're going after. And she wants that. She's like, that's a try. She can feel that. And of course, women at some times in a relationship will want to be on the pedestal. But ultimately, in the long term, it's not like they want to be the one that that you're chasing all the time and you need them. You're clinging. You're getting jealous. Having something else that you have going on in your life that is very important to you and you're moving in that direction. It's not just this thing you talk about that could be even more unattractive if you have a purpose, but you don't actually do anything with it and you just talk about it. It's like she can't trust you in that situation because you love this thing so much, but you can't do it. There's a lack of trust there. Where there's no trust, there's no there's no relationship. So it does help so much. And it's not like, damn, like I don't have a purpose. I need to get a purpose so I can be attractive. It's like really, really spend time on this because it's your life. And you said like uh, guys in business are talking about having a purpose and, and it's important. And it's because a man who is following his purpose and it is aligned with the business that he's in, he's going to be able to outwork and work harder. And he's going to be able to do things that the other guy who's running on a paycheck, who's running by his salary, like that's what's fueling his work, can't do. So that's how it does connect with business there and, and success because you're, you're on your path. Like this is your thing and you're not even so much working as you are just moving forward in your life. Yeah, it makes you stronger. It makes you more certain about what you're doing. And, and I think guys can see when you're stronger, your purpose makes you stronger, then it's going to make you more attractive to women as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When yeah, you get rid of the neediness, get rid of the clinginess, get rid of the jealousy and bring on more of these attractive qualities and you'll start to see more women moving in your direction as you take action, of course. Yeah. So I remember when I first tried to figure out my purpose, and this was relatively late because I'd been a management consultant. I thought that was what I was you know, going to have fun at, but it turned out that wasn't really what I felt was really important to me. And uh, I did this. Have you ever heard of Steve Pavlina? Yeah. Right. So we had this blog post about finding your life purpose. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was many, many years ago. And I tried it and it actually kind of worked for me. It was just writing things down on a piece of paper, kind of brainstorming, but just letting it flow and flow and flow and flow and just keep doing it for as long as it took until you felt some kind of emotion about it. Did you ever see that before? Yeah. It's a good process to to really just kind of self-reflect and write down what is it asking yourself critical questions. Like what is it that makes you come alive? What makes you lose track? of time. If money was no object in the world, what would you do? 
all really powerful questions. And it's good to have that reflection. And that's kind of like doing your own homework and kind of self-reflection on yourself. Well, ultimately, how do you find your purpose? What are some steps to take there? Well, it's very simple where you just put down the books, like put down books on like how to find your purpose. Like stop, you know, stop searching for content. After you've read enough, you've read enough. Stop consuming content and start going out into the world and trying new things. It's not going to hit you. But what will happen is you'll find yourself completely immersed into something where time doesn't matter and years will actually go on and on before you've even realized that you've discovered your purpose. You've just been so immersed into this thing that it's consumed you. It's taken over your life. You love it. It's become, you're addicted to it. It's become a part of your life. And that's more so the process of going out into the world and trying new things. If you're trying to figure out your purpose, you don't know, you don't know, maybe it's because you just haven't done enough experiences in your life. Like you're looking into your library of experiences and it's an empty bookshelf. You've got to fill it up with new experiences, which actually is a positive thing because now you you have to force yourself to go out into the world and experience the beauty of life. And what makes life exciting is trying new things and putting yourself out there And maybe that consists of travel. Maybe that consists of trying a new job. Maybe that consists of volunteering. Maybe that consists of just looking on meetup.com and just trying like 20 different different meetup groups of of hiking, of art, of whatever, whatever really just piques your interest. That's a great point because it's pretty difficult, I think, when guys are told, you know, find your purpose. It's quite challenging for them. So I like the practical approach to it. Just get out there and experiment with stuff. Meetup groups, that's a great way to kind of get some ideas and get started. Have you got any other things that you recommend to guys? Yeah, mainly just do this kind of on your own. Don't go to these events or go out and like with someone as it may impact your, you may just be following that person. You might be clouding your vision of what really speaks to you. And to really spend some time with yourself on this and find something for you. Uh, and maybe that's solo so that you can have a clear focus on what really speaks to you. That's an important point because often we let our friends and what they're doing, where we are currently in life, hold us back just because. So I can give you an example. When I was 21, I uh, wanted to learn Spanish and I wanted to learn Mexican Spanish for some reason. I guess it's because I was on the other side of the world. So I just went with my first paycheck. I took off to Mexico to stay with a family and learn. And I thought about like I asked some friends and stuff and they weren't that interested. And I could have waited for years, basically, if I'd waited for some, some of my friends. But just going out there on your own. And I guess the first time you do it, it doesn't seem like a great idea. You're like, oh, damn, I'm going to go across like traveling and stuff on my own. It's not as fun as it would be with friends. But actually, it turns out more fun that way. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Excellent. Okay, let's uh, let's check out the social life aspect, because I think that's uh, another part. Why do you feel that a good social life is important to your mindset? Yeah. And some of this stuff, it might sound like I'm repeating myself, but like these core elements need to be removed. Like so simple, but I repeat myself a lot in my own book. But having a good social life, it removes the neediness and the clinginess and the jealousy because you have your own life and you're not depending on one woman to create your social life with. You're not dependent on her or her friends or her family. You have your own people to make you happy and you're you're already happy. She is entering your life and wants to be a part of it versus you coming in and kind of taking over her life and trying to be everywhere within her life. Like 
come Friday, Saturday night, like you have things going on and she gets to come along for the ride and of course go into her world as well and intertwine the worlds. But to at least bring something to the table, you have friends, you have things that you're doing, you have hobbies that you're committed to. You're not just like looking for a girl. And once you find a girl, you just like want everywhere. You're just, you're just all over the place with her. It's about removing that neediness, that clinginess and that jealousy. What do you think uh, drives the impact a good social life has? So let me kind of break it down a little bit more. When we've got a good social life around us, I feel like it's doing a number of things. It's taking up some of our time. It's similar to with purpose, actually. I think they're kind of two things that you can think about like next to each other. It's also giving you something that all humans need, right? They need social contact. They need interaction with other humans. One of my thoughts is like if you're sitting at home all the time and you don't have a very populated social life let's see like compared to the average you're having less human touch like interaction experience so you're kind of going going in a deficit and then whenever you talk to a girl you're going to feel that's going to feel like more neediness as you put it you're going to be less confident and you're going to need more just because you haven't got a normal level of social interaction yeah absolutely I think oftentimes we think like social life, oh my gosh, it's like reflecting back on like college where you just have like all these friends and there's people everywhere, you're walking on the corner, you just know everyone. It doesn't need to be like that at all. That's more of like a younger childish social life. It's just not realistic, you know, as an adult. But ultimately, really just like three good friends is a lot. Like solid, not just like acquaintances, like, oh, I know their name and like, I know what he does. And sometimes we go out and have a beer, but like three solid friends, really good friends that you could count on almost like brothers. That's enough. Even just like two friends, like it doesn't need to be this wild, crazy, like shit. Like we just, just this huge army of, of guys that you're just like this social suave guy, like just three solid friends. Honestly, that would just make most guys extremely happy right there. Like just always having something to do, having good conversations, getting invited to birthdays and celebrations and events and being being out there. Just literally, I, I think having that context of what a good social life is tends to reduce a lot of that pressure of like, oh, now you need purpose. You need social life. It's like, no, just having a few good companions, a, good, a few good male friends is enough to get rid of this, this neediness, this clinginess, this jealousy that uh, will often persist in men if they don't have a social life onto women. That's a great point. 80-20, because it's often like when, when people are talking about social life, you're right, they're like kind of like talking about the best case scenario for the really social PR promoter guy or whatever it is. But yeah, you bring it down, make it a lot simpler. I think that's a lot more accessible for guys. Great points there. Yeah, to be honest, it's not even realistic. You really can't have like 20 friends. It's not even real. Those aren't even real friends. Like a guy who may appear that way, he probably still only has like two or three good friends. Yeah, that's a good point. You can't, like a human can't, unless it's your full-time job, just like, you know, calling people and checking in on them. But like relationships are hard. A really strong, good male friend, it's almost like you're dating him. It's like, you can't just oh just let things flow. It's like you have to be there for him. You're gonna you're gonna check in. You're gonna hang out. Like you're gonna. It's like you're dating him. Like you're going out a lot. You're spending time, good quality time. You're having real conversations to really break into that. But no one has twenty just deep core solid friendships. Man, it's it's too much work. Excellent. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Okay, so masculine polarity is another thing you brought up in your book, and uh, something we brought up talked about in several interviews on here as well. What does it look like from your perspective? 
it is what it is. I don't know if it's going to sound the same. <laughs> I mean, I always find people have subtle differences in the way they look at it or the way they like to communicate it. So we're just interested in yours. Okay. Well, it's doing. It's, it's action. Masculine polarity. It's go-getting. It's goal-seeking. It's strength. It's freedom. It's respect. Those are elements of, of masculine polarity. I mean, that's, it is what it is in that case. But also, not to confuse, but we also have feminine polarity. It's not just because, oh, we're a man. We have masculine polarity. That's it. We also, it, it's the yin and the yang. We also have feminine polarity. And both are equally powerful and both are equally necessary in a stable life. So obviously, feminine polarity is more of like acceptance, receiving, uh, kind of like giving. But the problem here and why this is brought up is that men are often lacking masculine polarity, that doing, the action, the go-getting, the goal-seeking, the strength, uh, the freedom, and they're leaning or clinging on to the, the feminine polarity. Or it's just not even clear what polarity they're in. It's like they're stagnant. It's like they're zombie. It's like oftentimes guys will, will ask me like, I've read your book. I've read this guy's book. I listen to this, all these podcasts. I bought these courses. You know, I'm still single and they're upset. Oftentimes it's like, well, man, like you're lacking, you have no energy. Like there's nothing. It's like it's dull. It's like it's like he's it's like he's dead inside. It's like there's nothing there. It's like he's a zombie. There's just nothing going on there. He's just trying to get laid to just remove that, man. Like have more energy, have more lust for life and have the purpose of like, I'm moving in this direction, whatever it is, like be, be on a path, like moving in a direction. You, even if the purpose is like for now, it's just like, I'm going to become the best version of myself. I want to improve my life. And how will that impact all of your actions? If you're waking up every day and saying that to yourself and your life is dictated by constant personal development and getting results in your life, but to have something that you're doing and to be able to just go get. And it's like the masculine polarity. I mean, an easy way to think of it is kind of like that hunter. He's going after what he wants. Like think of like a man. I think of a man back in the day running super fast, like chasing some some like crazy mountain lion with, with a spear, like kind of just go getting. And he's with like a tribe. He's, he's doing. He's not just sitting waiting for things to happen. He's out there in the world. It sounds like if a guy starts finding his purpose and going after that, with some of the advice we were talking about earlier, he would automatically start moving more towards his masculine polarity. Yeah, it would drive him into action. And not to confuse masculinity with like 300, like the Spartans. And I do agree that is masculine. I, we can associate that. But Beethoven is equally as masculine as a Navy SEAL because he's still doing, he's still taking action, he's still go-getting, he still has goals, he's still going after what it is that he wants in his life. So just, it's not the physical, it's more of, of what he's doing. Absolutely, because there's a fair number of guys who, obviously the, the typical bodybuilder you talk about, who isn't getting a lot of success with women and he's working on his insecurities through his physical size, right? So we often talk about that stereotype of kind of guy. And in that situation, you can be having this great body, this great physical, masculine physique, but it's not inside you, right? You're doing it for the wrong reasons. Absolutely. There's so much you can learn from bodybuilding, but it's healthy too. Like definitely I work out, I lift heavy weights, about to hit the gym actually later today. But if someone's like an artist or if someone is more intellectually inclined or their teacher or whatever it is that, and they just don't feel like, oh, I'm not that masculine, but like you are because you're doing it. 
you're waking up every day, you're improving, you're, you have goals, you're going after them, you're moving towards what you want. It is equally as masculine, but, but often we portray it as like, you got to be this man like James Bond or, or Jason Bourne or something. I mean, it's good to see like some films now are getting more intellectual and stuff and you can see strong masculine figures who are warriors all the time too. So I think there are some role models there. Okay, so your show talks about a wide range of themes related to men's development, right? You cover all sorts of areas. Which of these do you feel men should prioritize because they have some kind of effect on his dating sex relationships life, right? And so if he's like most concerned about that, to take your point, it's the biggest pain point right now, then which of these do you think are most relevant indirectly to his life? What is it that of things that I talk about in like the men's development world that would impact a man's dating life the most? Yeah. And you feel like you prioritize those over, say, others. You know, say you've got a list of 10. I don't know how many but you feel you have. Uh, which ones would you prioritize? Because you think basically they could be subtly undermining the more focused efforts he's he's taking. Yeah. The cornerstone of my book is about removing clinginess, <laughs> neediness. I think if most guys just had that down, like they themselves would just be enough to be able to go out and meet these women. So I, having a purpose for me and moving towards that while being able to take action, taking action meaning going after the women you want would make all the difference. So some guys may think that, oh, if once, you know, I have a purpose, like how does that, you know, how is that going to, are the girls going to just come? Are they just going to know I'm on my purpose? It's like, no, you do that for yourself. You do that because it's for you. Like that's your thing. And it takes women off the pedestal, but you still have to go out and approach girls. You still have to ask them out. You still have to go on the dates. You still have to take them back. So nothing changes there, but having a purpose and moving towards that in your life, it will just make you a happier man. You're in alignment to what you value most in your life and you're moving towards that every day. Like that's powerful. It's not like women can just look at you and see it, but once they get to know you, it may not even be on that first interaction, but once they start getting to know you, it, it really locks them in. It really keeps them engaged in the relationship. You moving towards what you want, it's attractive. There's no woman who's going to say that's unattractive. Like, oh man, a guy who's going after what he wants in life and he's in alignment and he just, and he loves this thing and he's actually moving towards it and he's building it and he's so passionate when he talks about it. It's attractive. And, it, and in fact, in my experience of dating, you know, I'm dating multiple girls right now, like each one of them will view me as like, wow, like I get texts from these girls. They'll tell me they'll, they'll in person, they'll, we'll talk about it, but like it motivates them to find their purpose, gets them on track. Like I could be dating girls who are like, they're just massive like partiers. They're just always going out and they start dating me. And they're like, man, like, you know, I'm really starting to, ever since I started dating, I'm really starting to rethink like what I'm doing. And I feel like I should really start pushing towards what I want to do in my life. That's a really important point. I find that happens with all my friends and it's a huge part of the value she gets from the relationship. I mean, it's just girls state that it creates this much stronger connection because they're, they're learning things from you that are really contributing to their lives. And sometimes, as you say, they build part of their new life around that. I think a lot of us have seen that, you know, a lot of girls have transformed and got a lot out of it. I remember one of my buddies in Shanghai, close, I used to hang out. We used to go pick up girls a lot together. His girlfriend, uh, we met her and she was a dance instructor for, for some company. After she'd been dating him for about uh, six months, she sprung out, started her own, and she's got the biggest dance uh, company. She does all these corporate events. She does all the classes in the whole of Shanghai now. 
it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and, and think about moving forward in the future. Like if she if they stay together or not, like she's gonna reflect on that man in such a different way. It was like that was a man that I met or I'm still with who changed my life. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always like win-win situations or relationships, right? Guys and guys, girls, girls and girls, guys and girls. It's the same basis. If it's not a win-win equation, you're not learning from each other, you're not growing from each other, then eventually there's going to be some negatives involved. But when there's, there's a lot of win-win involved, it just makes a lot more sense. And So you do not need the girl, but you want her. But I see what you mean. I think it's pretty important. What does it mean for you? I like this quote a lot and I share this a lot. It's in the book a lot. I share this with, with clients. It's it just means that you acknowledge the woman, you acknowledge the beauty of the woman that you're attracted to her, but you're not going to chase one woman at the expense of yourself. Like you're not going to put her on a pedestal, but you do acknowledge that she's beautiful. So it's coming, it's an abundance mindset kind of quote there. It's not like, oh, I don't want the girl. Like I'm on my purpose. It's like, no, there's a girl there. I see her. She's attractive. I'll go talk to her. Versus like, holy shit, hot girl, like I need to go talk to her. What do I do? What do I say? And it, it's just, uh, it's a more mature kind of adult approach. And again, it takes off neediness, cleanliness, and that jealousy aspect. Because you're going to be okay without her. So it's abundance. That's what it comes down to is having that abundance. It's if you, Here's one thing too. Like I, this is something like, so obviously we live in a world that's like 7 billion. So take, cut that in half, about three to three and a half billion women. And then consider too, like how many women of those have you been with? For some guys, five, 10, 20, 40, 50, even if you're a massive player, 100. There's just such an abundance of women that there's no reason to chase one. Of course, go after the one, but you don't need to chase her at the expense of yourself. So it's being okay with walking away. Yeah, it's, it's like freedom from outcome. It's being okay if it doesn't work out, but you're still going to go and do it. Like you're still going to approach her, but you're okay if she has a boyfriend. You're okay if she rejects you. But having this mentality, it's just, it's not this aggressive approach. And she can, like, in order for a woman to really feel attracted to a man, especially off cold approach, like she needs to first feel safe. She needs to first feel safe. Like she's not in danger. When the girl has her defense mechanisms up, like there's no way. Like she's she's not gonna feel attracted. She's like more concerned about her safety. This approach just really releases some of that tension that a woman might feel with a man who's aggressively trying to approach her. And it makes it a much more enjoyable experience for both the man and the woman. You know what you're making me think of this book called The Obstacle is the Way? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Holiday. Yeah. Because that's all about having obstacles in your way and not being able to get something you want. And often I think you've had Ryan on your show, right, to talk about it specifically. It's a great book I recommend to a lot of people just from mindset because if you think about it, it kind of relates to if in the startup world we hear a lot about pivoting. There's not just one way to getting to whatever your goal is. And it's kind of the same in terms of women. It's like this one girl is not the only you know girl that you're going to come across that you're going to like. But you can always pivot and or you can always like, okay, it didn't work out. Obstacle is the way. I'll just go another way and, you know, I'll meet another girl and, and she'll be as attractive and high quality. Yeah, absolutely. What would be like, there's a quick question out there. Have you got any favorite books of all time? The top two or something? <laughs> that book, Ryan Holiday's Obstacles Away, is that, you know, I recommend that. Like, I don't know if it's my all time favorite, but uh, that is a book I would recommend to guys. Uh, just knowing that like the obstacles, like the problem in front of you is the path, like going through the path uh, instead of running away. There's a book called Fearless. 
by Adam Brown. It's about a Navy SEAL. I highly recommend that book. Uh, reading that, you know, it's going to really show you what his man is capable of doing. So I highly recommend Fearless, the Adam Brown story. Uh, I think it's being made into a movie right now, which, which, uh, which I'm excited for. Another book is uh, Courage, The Joy of Living Dangerously, which I highly recommend because we need, as men, more courage to be able to walk into what scares us. Too often we walk by what we know we need to do and it prevents us from getting the results that we want in life. So that's a really good book. And that's by an Indian philosopher called Osho. And uh, it's an easy read, even though it sounds like it's going to be confusing. I'd recommend those books. Thanks, man. I'm sure those are great references, given all the ground you've covered. I haven't heard those last two either, so I'll go look them up myself as well. Okay, so rounding off the interview, a few quickfire questions here. Where's the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah, just go to knowledgeformen.com. Just spell it out, knowledgeformen.com. And if anyone wants to reach out, just go to the contact page. It goes directly to my email. Obviously, the podcast is there, the blog is there, and uh, all the programs I do are there. The book is there as well, The Dating Playbook for Men. Great, great, thanks. Who besides yourself would you recommend for high-quality advice, more so in the dating sex relationships area? Um, Let me think. I don't even know who I follow anymore. It's just gotten to a point where I just have my own, own stuff. But if I look back, there was a time when I really liked uh, David Weigand. I thought he was really, uh, he's just really about being authentic and being real. That's just such an important aspect of, of just destroying like someone's game, like just being you and being real. Like if you're tired when you go out, like you don't need to like hide that. Like you can just go out and tell girls you're tired and like, you know, that can be funny. Like really being real and, and open and authentic and telling girls what you want in a relationship and and really stripping down and being naked. So I highly recommend uh, there was a period of my life where I was I was consuming a lot of his stuff and uh, it was different from what I was reading from other guys, which was more like, oh, like, you know, more of like formulaic. Like if she does this, then do this kind of thing. So, I mean, he's got great energy, very, very strong energy, that guy. And yeah, he's, he does. he's a lot older than us as well. So, and he's still got that energy. So, and he's still like doing boot camps. I, I know, think, no, like, he's, he's actually incredible. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, he's in Santa Monica. Cool. Uh, so, this is a question we ask everyone What top three recommendations would you give to guys if they're starting from scratch and they want to improve their dating life as fast as possible? Yeah, buy one resource. Like go out and uh, whether it's my book, Dating Playbook for Men, or go out and buy a book and then that's number one. So like get educated. Number two is, is go get someone to hold you accountable with who you can do this with. So go get a wingman so it's fun for you and start setting up a routine or a system where you guys are going out consistently, whether it's during the day or the night. Everyone right there will say like, oh, I don't have time. Like I'm busy. There's no time. But you know, everybody that I work with, if I, I will go through their schedule, I'll be like, all right, so tell me your schedule by the hour, what's it look like? And we'll end up finding that he's just wasting so much time with television, with Netflix, with social media, browsing Facebook, and just skipping out on time that he could be going out. And number three, it would be to, when you go out, come home and just reflect always at the end of the night and just journal at the end of every night. And uh, don't do it after an approach. Like, oh damn, like what happened here? And like you're all in your head. But just go out and have an awesome time. Go out and have an epic time with your wingman or your friend, whatever it is. And honestly, like if I could go back and be uh, when I first started like going out, when was this like 20 or 21 and do that all over again? It's been uh, almost eight years or so is one of the funnest times of my life. 
like really just going out there and just test pushing the boundaries of what you can do in social interactions with women and taking girls home and just like all this fun stuff, traveling and really just looking at it like the journey. But there's so much joy in the journey. And even if you're older, you can still do it. You're just going to have to adapt to things that are more relevant to the women that you want. So good places for that would be getting involved in different social clubs. And you can start off on going to meetup.com and uh, and finding some places to go out to. But but ultimately, yeah, just go out and then when you get home, journal about what you did well and then journal about what I could work on. And that's a great point. I love journaling and it's something I've kept up over the years. Now and again, I've dropped it for a while and then I've restarted, maybe not as intensive as it was in the first years. Are you still journaling today? Uh, not so much. Not obviously, maybe not for dating, but for just journaling in general. Yeah, I'm not journaling after uh, for dating, to be honest, but just journaling in general. And may- maybe there will be some dating that, that happens in there, but... I used to only like just, you know, specifically a notebook and it was just about women. I'd date it and uh, we'd talk about experiences and what went well and what, what didn't work out well. And when you record, this is like proven scientifically, like whatever you record and monitor, you improve on drastically. Hands down in a business, if you set KPIs, maybe in your business, it's like, oh, like how many emails did we get this month? And like, if you monitor that, like you will improve, like you will start taking measures every day to, to start moving in that direction to increase. Uh, so whatever KPI you set, you will improve. But yeah, I just journal about life now. But yeah, still journal. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too. I find it's a really good feedback. When you write something down, it also just makes it a lot more clear. You can have all of these ideas in your head, but when you start writing it down, often it will like bring a lot of clarity to it. I don't know why it works, but it just works when you put it down on paper like that. So I like it for that. And uh, it's a great tool to learn. Just starts from dating potentially, um, but it's as you said, like it's it's just something good a good habit to keep in life in general. Yeah. The dating playbook for men is my journal, by the way. Obviously, I wrote it into a book, but people ask me, how did you write a book so quick? Well, I was like, well, the book was already written. It was my journals. I just had to go through it and pull out the key lessons from each of these days. So it's all based on experience and interactions that I had and what I discovered. And so I break it down in in a seven-step system and make it really easy to read, but it is my journal. That's a great point. You know, it's another good reason to have a journal. You might want to use it for one day for that. Well, thanks, Andrew, so much for being on the show. Enjoyed it. All right. It's been my pleasure. I've wanted to be on the show for a while. Thank you so much. I'm glad that we connected, Angel. Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait. Do it today. That's all it takes to change your life. Step by step, episode by episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at DatingSkillsReview.com. How we help men like you take control of their dating lives.